there's no completely safe community That's for healing yeah. anywhere. Um, and again, as I thought about it, every single community I've been in where I've received healing, I've also experienced wounding or disappointment. And I've, I've, had, I've had to live with that tension. So getting healing requires a level of risk. I'm gonna have to risk with somebody. Welcome to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Glad you're with us. We're back. We're, we're back with Sam, and we just want to continue this conversation. It's 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 uh, it's really touching my heart to hear broken people come to see you, uh, wounded hearts, people not in touch with their own heart. They've been through trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask a question about how you help them, but before I do, can you just describe what what, what we mean by the word trauma? Sure. Okay. Well, trauma has a kind of formal definition of there's, um, and I, I won't be able to recall it, but you know, the word trauma simply means wound. wound. Um, okay. and so, um, it, um, is, you know, just something that has wounded your heart yeah. in life. And, um, I think that's a good definition, working definition to yeah. think of my life. What has Perfect. traumatized me? Um, you know, there's symptoms that you can dissociation or some, experiences of overwhelm, amygdalic hijacking, you know, there's neurological mm. things that happen inside of a person when okay. they go through trauma. Um, yeah. Bifurcation, you split, you know, you can be split off from experience or have parts of you shut down. Um, um, all, uh, you know, anxious, overwhelm, all that can happen in trauma. But trauma just uh, basically is being wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, the word vulnerable um means able to be wounded. Oh my goodness. So uh, the connection, you know, that our vulnerability, we all live with some sense of vulnerability in life and Mm. we're able to be wounded. Um, And so trauma is those wounds. Um, When you've experienced some kind of pain, um, pain of love, uh, you know, or absence of love, um, relational pain, et cetera. And And trauma is not necessarily, you hear the word trauma, you tend to think, you know, okay, they were physically abused or sexually abused, or but but it's it's not just that. It's it could be yeah ne- some ne- emotional neglect or an absence of somebody being caring deeply yes. for you or something like that. That that can be traumatic as well, right? Yeah, an absence yeah. of presence, you know, can be um, 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 traumatic. In fact, um, it's interesting to note that um, I, I read this somewhere that victims of sexual abuse will often attempt to tell one person, um, you know, around the time of the abuse or mm. to tell, to let somebody know it's happened. And depending on how that goes, it may be, if it doesn't go well, it may be 10 years Ooh. until they try again Ouch. to tell somebody. Yeah. So, um, and if it does go well, it can often be um, just as impactful for healing as the abuse itself. So how your heart is treated when you go through suffering of some p- sort, right, is um, that that love or lack of love can be just as impactful as what you're suffering. In wow. fact, some there's some people, um, I can't remember the writer's name, but she describes trauma as the absence of love. Mm. So not just the presence of pain, but yeah, the absence, absence of love in your pain, yeah. meaning that you're not being attended to. Yeah. So absolutely. In fact, those are often the harder wounds to engage is, you know, the, the stories of absence, like, you know, you don't have the, well, I remember the day Mm -hmm. when my father, you know, came down and hit me or, you know, something that seems to have a very vivid 
you know, time and place, right? right? Absence wounds. Well, my father just wasn't at my games Mm -hmm. or my mother spent, you know, hours in her bedroom, you know, in her depression, catatonic. Mm. Wow. Right. And so, well, what's the memory? Well, it was like a 200 days or, you know, years of just playing by myself. Uh Right. Like, how do you hold that in a story? It's hard. They're there, but they're harder to make sense. Yes. And so somebody comes into your office, sits with you. If, if their dad came home drunk and threw a rock at them, they're going to, that story is going to be in their mind. They're going to tell you that pretty, you know, if they're open to get there. Yes. But but often. Okay. uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, but somebody who has had that 200 days of no, nobody hit me. Nobody yelled at me. They just weren't there for me. It's a little harder story to tell, I think, because you, Yes. For me, I would think, and you're the experienced one here, so correct me if I'm wrong, I would think that that person would maybe not think they've been through trauma, so they're not going to get the help as readily or as quickly as someone who maybe have realized, you know, this, you know, I was really abused as a child and I need help. Yes. Uh, am I am I off base there at all? No, or? no, no. Oh, okay. You're, yeah, that, <clears throat> and oftentimes I would say, well, I'm fine. Yeah, fine. I survived it, but, yeah. you know, um, and um, I'd say, you know, honestly, most people don't come in saying, I have this story of okay. this moment with my dad. Most people come in saying something's wrong, yeah, right? Like something's on fire or something's broken. I mean, this is me too, right? Like yeah. I need help. You know, think of it as like you go to the doctor when you have acute pain. You know, you go to the mechanic mm. when there's something wrong. Mm. Often people will go to a therapist when things are just, this isn't bearable anymore. Yeah. Something in their current life, right? So we usually start with what's on fire, what's broken. Okay. Um, uh, sometimes people will come in and say, I have these memories that are coming back to me and mm. I don't know what to do with them. Um, but oftentimes it will start with pain in the present. Okay. Right. Yeah. And, um, I believe, you know, the way then into their story from there is often honoring what's happening in the present. Um, okay. and yeah. because, you know, evil, the realm of evil is always trying to reenact um, our shame with us. Mm-hmm. So the realm of evil is always trying to invite us to accept things about ourselves based on our situation, right? Like, oh, I'm, gosh, this thing with my son is going on. I'm a horrible dad, mm-hmm. right? And it's so like often it's as we start to honor the what's going on in the moment and what are the accusations you're sensing about yourself? What, are, what is this mm-hmm. leading you to believe about yourself or the people around you? Mm-hmm. Um but that usually then starts to take us into their stories. Do, do a lot of people see the link between what they're, what's the burning issue now? And do they get a little confused when you start asking about, like, well, tell me about your father or something like that? Does that, is, is what, there, do most people see a link there between their behavior and not their heart first. today? Okay. Yeah. And me included. Okay. I don't. You're right? okay. like, and I eat, breathe and sleep this stuff. But like it is hard to make those connections. Right. right. Because, um, again, I just believe there's a realm of evil that, whose greatest hope is to shut you down. Yeah. The greatest hope of evil is that you would live in shame. Yeah. Right. Just be inoculated in life. Right. That was that was the weapon in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Was shame. Right. Like introducing yeah. shame after sin. Yeah. Um, Jesus has taken care of sin. Right. And so. Um, what does evil have left? Shame, shame to try to provoke shame in your life and just inoculate you. And yeah. so, um, and we get really familiar with our shame. It's hard to hear what is shame. What are you, what are you talking about? And um, 
So most people, I don't think, come in and are able to say, you know, this connects to this. Now, sometimes as you get better, you can start to tune in and um, be more curious with your own story. To like, what does this feel like? Mm-hmm. Was this taking, was this, is this familiar to something else in my story? Mm-hmm. Right? Like you can start to ask those questions. But we don't usually start with, it's rare for me to ask, tell me about your father. Um, okay. I, I try not to take the first step into story. Okay. So usually we start with what's going on in the present. What are you feeling about it? What are the accusations against you? Is that familiar? Wow. And that's usually a step of like, oh my goodness. And that that's when you start to see people make connections of like, oh, that has been <laughs> with me for 20 years. Yeah. Really? So you get Tell more me about that. I'm sorry. Go for it. You get more of an aha moment there or do you ever get like a, you know, stop it, Sam. I don't, I didn't come here to talk to you about my father or my mother. It, do you get both of those? Both. Or, oh, both. both. Yeah. Okay. Some, sometimes people will say, how did we get to talking about my mom? Yeah. Like what? But then, yeah. the, the, but then the aha comes. It's yes. Like, oh, so that, yes. the way I'm treating my wife right now that I can't stop treating her, I can't stop disrespecting her. Yeah. Um, also, you're talking about how did you relate to your mom and they right. see, oh, okay, there's a, that's the same. That This story is the same story when I was 10 right. as when I'm 30. And right. So, and that, right. Like I'm acting like that 10 year old who's yeah. trying to be heard by his mom. And then you're, and instead of just dealing with the behavior of what you're, how you're treating your wife now, you're getting to the root of it. You're yes. kind of healing. Like I was talking about that this morning to our staff in Isaiah 61 before it, right before it says he sets captives free. So free from anger, free from lust, free from pride. He heals the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. And I think so many of us want, Jesus to set us free from our captivity yes. so we look and feel better. But don't touch my woundedness. That's too That's too right. hard. I don't want to go back to when I was 10 and something happened with my mom. I, I, I want to just deal with this right. presenting problem right now. Right. So that's kind of, uh, that's, I can see why you take your time and help people see their story and get their heart back a little bit so that they could go back into that that place. There's not somebody here in the room with us but there's people listening. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you invite them? Uh, say, say somebody's listening to you right now, going like, "Man, that's really intriguing. I, I have this problem. I'm, this this fire I'm in right now, mm-hmm. and you're talking about it maybe being related to something earlier in my life. Are there some ways besides seeing a therapist that you could engage in that, or no? Absolutely. I think you know to um, like take a like a marriage fight or, you know, some sort of conflict in your life. I think, you know, um, to pause and ask yourself questions like what are you um, or, or some disappointment in your life to ask, like, what what are you feeling in your body okay. about that? So to ask the questions of like, um, just what does this feel like right now? Or like, a fight with your spouse or something like that, you know, like what, mm-hmm. what are you fighting for? What does it feel like mm-hmm. you're fighting for? Yeah. Right. To try to connect with what's going on in your body. Um, to tune into like, yeah, what do I feel in my body when I'm with this person or when I'm in the middle of a fight? You know, it's often we're so just in the moment of something that we don't stop to say like, what, what's going on in me? Yeah. What's, what's happening in my body right now? What am I, what am I fighting for? Mm-hmm. Um, so stopping to ask those questions and then to ask, is that familiar? Is that, is that a theme you know about your life? Or yeah. um, um, it, it could also be um, just 
asking the questions of like, what, what do you feel like is the accusation against you? Yeah. Like, oh, I yeah. feel like such a failure. Right. Right. Like I just lost my job uh, and I, I can't get my boss's words out of my head. Right. To, so mm-hmm. to try to think of like what haunts you about the disappointment or the fight, like what, mm-hmm. what words stay with you? Yeah. Um, oftentimes when I'm doing marriage counseling to ask, like there's usually key phrases that the spouses will bring up when you said this about me. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, what is it about that word? Mm. Right. That just gets right to your heart. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So trying to ask those questions about what haunts you about a situation. Right. Um, yeah. And so you can ask, you can go to a Christian counselor, <clears throat> you can go to a pastor if, if uh, they have a heart for you. Uh, mm-hmm. you can go to a Christian friend that is uh, maybe like you were talking about in our last episode, they're curious. They, they're, they're willing to listen to you without condemnation. Uh, yes. they'll, they'll ask you questions, they'll, they'll, two or three or four questions, like you said in the last episode. Yeah. So you can find that kind of help yes. when, when you're seeing those presenting problems that are there. And, yeah. And maybe you can, and, and I love what you just said too about the accusations, because that, that's a great starting place, I think, for people to say, okay, I'm, you know, I'm hearing this about myself. I keep saying I'm a fool or I'm not enough or uh, yeah. I'm inadequate or I'm unlovable. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so if you hear those voices, you know that's the enemies at work in your heart. Yeah, and yeah. you know to um, follow up on what you okay, said yeah. there, like you know, looking for people to listen and help you with this, right? Because it, it's it is really hard to see your own life. It's yeah. nearly impossible to see your own life. You can get better at it with reflection and um, over time, you know, so journaling about these things. But oftentimes, when I'm doing it, I'll have to journal and then kind of read what I wrote, like, oh, that's mm-hmm. what it's about, right? Like it takes a while to even know yourself in this way. But yeah. when you're looking for people, you know, we rare, counseling is not about getting advice. I don't give advice. Mm. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, t- to the frustration of my clients, like, <laughs> uh, you know, just tell me what to do, <laughs> right? Yeah. Just fix it. Um, but we don't want advice as much as we want to have people bear witness mm-hmm. to our life. So finding people that will not just say, oh, here's what you should do. Yeah. You know, oh, you're fighting, you know, you should do this. This is what worked for us. Like, you know, that that's not entering in with a it, person. Sorry. Is um so not saying here's what you should do, but saying here's who I see you are, is that would you consider that giving advice? I would say, you know, here's what I feel. Okay. Is that yeah. as you talk? Yeah. I'm noticing <clears throat> this. Because I've noticed that. Um I've noticed that with people, with me, I'll be saying something that, so I'm doing some self-work. I'm thinking like, okay, I really got to work on this area of my heart and my life. Uh-huh. And, then I'll, and I'll present that to somebody and they'll, they, they won't give me advice, but they'll say, Gary, that's not who you are. You're, uh, yeah. you, know, you, you keep talking about, you should do this, you should do that, uh-huh. but you're already doing it. So stop, you know, it's not advice, but it's. It's almost like edification, I guess you call it, like uh, mm-hmm. building some. So, so the the uh, the accuser, the, the enemy that you've been talking about today, yes, you know, just t- trying to beat us down, just yes. just get us defeated, and then somebody comes along, uh, like you said in the last episode too, uh, you know, we need more than God. So somebody comes uh-huh. along as a representative of God and starts saying, no, that's not really who you are. You're not what the accuser says you are, and also right. you start believing something different about yourself that you could not have believed if you just tried to work it out in your own brain. Yes, I, and I would say like that's really helpful to have people who know you okay. who can say like, "Whoa, yeah. that's not who you are." Okay. But then to ask the next question, and so why is that so believable to you? Oh, good, good. Right yeah. to to yeah. not just simply say like, "You just need to stop believing that," and uh, you, know, yeah. you just you just need to believe that you're a son of God and you're loved. Right? True. Yeah. But but it's you. 
if you were able to believe that, you probably would be. So like okay, to ask the yeah. question of like, why is that hard for you to stay with? Yeah. Right. Like, why do you keep coming back to this, yeah. you know, uh, anxious view of yourself or whatever it is, right? Like to, to, to not just say, this isn't who you are, but also then to ask, um, so why is that so believable? That feels like you're honoring the person's struggle then more yes. than, than just giving them like, oh, no, stop believing that lie. Uh, that, that, that could become almost behavioralistic as well right. rather than – but if you, if you probe a little deeper, like why, why do you feel that way? So Right, and then you can get into yeah. story, yeah. right? Because most likely that's somewhere in a story. Because like, evil – you know, this is, again, borrowing from Dan Allender. He said very well, I believe, that evil is very efficient in its work. It's not, mm. a, it's not a limitless power in the world. And mm. so it has to make best use of its resources like any – Never heard that. You know – well, um, armed evil entity, right? It, it wants to be resourceful. And so it's yeah. going to sell you things about yourself that are believable somewhat, mm-hmm. right? So it's going to try to keep um, seemingly reenacting or narrating or interpreting parts of your life to you mm. uh, to make it seem believable. Like, yeah, gosh, I must not be lovable. Look at how many people, you know, end relationship with me, yeah. um, something like that. So it's, that's when you can start to get into story to see where evil has sown mm. uh, the wow. voice of shame. Uh, I can see why you do the narrative type of therapy for trauma. That's because uh, you can open up so many other areas of a person's life and heart and relationships. Yes. And and I can see also why you wrote this article that uh, we recommended last episode. People check you uh, online for at samjolman.com. Com, dot, dot com. Dot com. Yep. Uh, uh, your book, Life is a Story. Is that, is that the title of the book? Uh, it's called Story Formed. Story, story Formed. Yep. And and uh, I want to recommend an article, You Need More Than God. Uh, both of these are really, I, I find them very intriguing, the, the idea of, as we talked about last episode of this, and you're kind of talking about that today again, uh, you know, as I offered you an opportunity to speak to our audience about how, how can they get some help. Maybe if they don't have a therapist in their neighborhood or something mm-hmm. like that, that, uh, you know, but, but they need people around them. Mm-hmm. They don't, you know, I, I've, I for so long have wanted to, okay, let me just a quick little story. Uh, when I was 15, I first was introduced to pornography mm-hmm. and I was in about a 10 year struggle with it. And, um, uh, but, 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 you know, especially like when I first started getting engaged in ministry the shame and the guilt, you know, you'd be mm-hmm. preach a sermon and you'd go like, well, I just looked at pornography three days ago. And, um, the, the idea of that, that, uh, I wanted to get healed, but I wanted to do it alone. I didn't want to confess it to anybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to share it. I, I, I just, I wanted that, you know, I want to go back to Eden uh, in the garden and just have God come and visit me in the day and say, mm-hmm. you know, touch me on top of my head and it's healed. Or I wanted to go into the secret prayer closet and shut the door behind me and, mm-hmm. and just groan before God, Lord, take this out of my heart. Yeah. But, you know, that's why I love that article so much that you wrote is it's like we need more that and I, I now that I look back on that, I see that's a lot of pride and arrogance. Like I just didn't want to be ashamed in front mm-hmm. of somebody else. Uh, I didn't want anybody to know my mm-hmm. deep dark secrets. Uh, and that, that was a lot of pride and, and arrogance in my heart. Uh, and this article, I think, can help open us up to saying like, there's no need for shame. It's like we're all struggling. Right. And yeah. I, you know, I I think sometimes it, it seems like sometimes we will repent of the wrong things what if do you mean? we don't. Well. You know, uh, it'd be easy to, again, to alone with God that we end up um, reenacting some of that self-contempt, right? Like, oh, I'm such a horrible person. God, I, you know, 
please like save me from myself. I'm such a terrible person, right? Yeah. And that we we end up we could repent of things. Like sometimes when you don't explore with curiosity your sin, mm. you can you can repent of the wrong things and you can repent of desire that God doesn't want you to give up, wow. right? Like, yeah. um, you know, I know men uh, who, who struggle with pornography who will believe that they they end up repenting of their sexual desire. Like, oh, I'm just so broken. Oh, okay. And like, yeah. you know, they feel like they need to shut something down in them yeah. that God doesn't want shut down, Wow. right? And so that's also the need for human community is is – to expose some of that shame that might invite us to repent of God's glory in us, right? Mm. The things that God made in us. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's a truism in in my line of work and this um, and in my work with the Allender Center as well, um, or my training with them. You know, we're wounded in relationship and we heal in relationship. That's and there's nice. there's something essential to that. Um, yeah. You know that we we need that human community for healing. Yeah. And, but we want. But sometimes we want the opposite. We want to be. We know we were wounded in community, but we want to be healed alone. Yes. And then, kind of the, not. I don't need anybody. I don't. I don't want. But but, uh, yeah. To tell your story correctly, I think you're you're saying it so 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 correctly yourself. Saying we need other people around us to hear that story and and to see them react like without yeah you know, condemnation, without like pointing, wagging a finger at you, like. What? You did what? Right. You know, it's like, and um, and that but, can be hard because you know, like, um, yeah, we we are wounded in community, and so you know, like sometimes the places we go for healing can be places we get wounded, oh, uh, and that that is, you know, yeah. I my journey with seeking out counseling, you know, I, there were several therapists I went to before I found a therapist that was helpful and in in kind and healing, um, that were you know advice givers or. You know, it's uh, it's possible that um, you know, that that's some of the struggles. As we're journeying through communities, sometimes you can get wounded as mm-hmm. you seek healing yeah. from those communities. Well, that's uh, it's tough. It's, I bet it'd be difficult in your situation to see somebody who's wounded and they went to get help in what should be a safe community, the Christian. Uh, Christian in the church, mm-hmm. and then they get more wounded by the church. Then mm-hmm. they're coming to you. By that time, they're like doubly wounded. I imagine. Right. Is there? Any, do you have any kind of thoughts towards? Uh, we talked about Larry Crabb earlier. Uh, you know, he he had a heart not just for the individual that he was counseling, but for the church to become a, mm-hmm. a safe, good community. Does your mind work that way at all? You know, therapy isn't necessarily like some secret sauce that we're doing in therapy. You know, okay. so yeah. I, I am always. Looking for like how, um, what, what, how do you have healing conversations like with a buddy over a beer, mm-hmm. or how do you have a, a healing yeah. conversation in like your small group at church? Right. Like, how do you bring some of that, or, or in your marriage? Like, how do you have your marriage be a healing community? Yeah. Um, because you know we don't have, um, there's no like special uh, like thing we do as therapists that you can't do with other people. Right now, there's training yeah. and you you. You can develop a skill at it that is helpful, but that's not. Um, I I would sense. love to see friendships and relationships. You know, yeah. our basic, you know, core relationships that we have be places of healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're like, <clears throat> just an analogy for me would be like you're a professional basketball player, but the rest of us can still get out on the court and shoot some hoops. Yeah, groups, right. And we can still have some fun out there in the court, or maybe even be in a in a, a citywide league or something like that. You know, and so I think the church can. You know, we can't, uh, you know, I've been a pastor most of my life and you can't, you know, I, I can't do exactly what you can do, 
but I can do some of it. And mm-hmm. and from the, like when I read articles like yours or I listen to Dan Allender or others, um, I start, okay, I, 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 I see, okay, last time somebody came into my office and they started talking about some struggle and I was real quick to give them advice. I was, mm-hmm. So I, when I talk to somebody like you or read these stories mm-hmm. that you wrote, it, it helps bring correction, not in a way like I feel rebuked, but in, 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 in a way that invites me into that, like, oh, that I can do better. I can, mm-hmm. I, can, I can love that person better by doing that. So I think what you're doing really, maybe even more than you know, is not just helping the individual, mm-hmm. but it's helping communities as well. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine there's a lot of pastors like me out there mm-hmm. listening, to, to reading, um, you know, your, 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 uh, your interview with Adam Young. I'm sure there's other leaders that have caught on to that too. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's so important in the church today because it's uh, it frightens me, if that's the right word, I'm not sure, kind of frightens me to think of somebody listening to us today that has been through trauma and all of a sudden their heart is starting to get like, wow, that's Sam is saying something that makes me curious. And then they go into a community that's not a healing community mm-hmm. and they get mm-hmm. kind of shut down or mm-hmm. abused or hurt mm-hmm. in that or, you know, corrected and rebuked instead of invited to tell their story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important. As, as you know, it's important what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I, I as I was thinking um ahead for this, our conversation, I was, I was thinking, you know, I think, you know, almost every community that I've been in where I've received healing, um, I've also experienced lots of disappointment, mm-hmm. um, even wounding. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, some of it was sin. Some of it was my own desires that got missed. Um, sin on their part, like harm, you know, but I think that's a tension that we all live with is, you know, again, it, back to that word vulnerable, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, able to be wounded, like, uh, you know, intimacy requires vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to make myself open enough to receive. Right. But it may mean like inherent in it is that I could be wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, that's hard. That's a tension we all live with is, um, there's no completely safe community okay. for healing yeah. anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. and Again, as I thought about it, every single community I've been in where I've received healing, I've also experienced wounding mm. or disappointment. Mm. And I've, I've, had, I've had to live with that tension. Yeah. Now, some of that's been able to be talked through and worked through. And, you know, I'm still in those communities. Yeah. Um, um, but um, just, just we live with that tension. So getting healing requires a level of risk. Yeah. I'm going to have to risk with somebody. That's good. I'm going to have to see if, um, if they can... You know, if they're going to care for my heart, listen, yeah. um, or how it will go. So, you know, to some degree, you know, inviting people to keep risking. And that, that, that I'm not saying just get right back up and keep doing it. You know, there are there are seasons of needing maybe to step away if you've been harmed in mm-hmm. a church or yeah. a place like that. But, you know, at some level to, to come back to honoring your desire is to come back to risking. Risking, that's good. Yeah, and then, and then the community to risk that you know so it's so like again your article we, um, you need more than god it's, it's it's not real risky to pour your heart out to god but it's more risky to pour your heart out to people in in your community or in your church yeah mm-hmm. but it's but you know i think the way the way i'm painting the picture here it almost sounds like i'm <clears throat> saying like 95 percent of the church is unsafe and will hurt and harm you and i'm not trying to say that uh, so I, I think it's probably the opposite <clears throat> you know maybe five ten percent of the church could be a very unhealthy place but if the church really, you know, if the leadership, as most churches 
you know, godly churches are. They love God. They love people. That's why they're in this. And so, you know, I found, like, like you, I've been in those communities where they were healing, but they also hurt me. But I also found out as the, you know, with the Holy Spirit's presence in that church, as the Holy Spirit is, he promises to be present to us. You can go to that person that hurt you and, you know, if you do it in a loving, vulnerable way, mm-hmm. like uh, to, you can talk with them and say, like, you know, like, I came to you for help and you kind of said that. Do you mind me talking to you? Can I tell you mm-hmm. how that made me feel? Mm-hmm. And that person, I found that, that, that a lot of times that person sees it as help. Yes. They go like, oh, that, that actually blessed me. Thank you for telling me. I didn't know I came across that way. Yes. And so, so you're actually, your wounds and your vulnerability is helping the community grow. Yeah, that's uh, Because the, those others uh, are starting to see a little bit of their own heart, maybe where they're guarded or protecting or whatever it might be that they're struggling with too. And yeah. the same thing in marriages too. You know, when, when you're vulnerable to, you know, I think for some husbands, it's really scary to be vulnerable with your wife, mm-hmm. you know, to tell them like, here's, here's what I'm struggling with. Or mm-hmm. harder for me is actually more like, it's easier for me to tell my wife, here's what I'm struggling with. It's harder for me to so, tell my wife, but I think you might be struggling with this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like, mm-hmm. cause you know, I, I don't want to hurt. I don't want to, yeah. you know, I don't want to just point fingers at people. But anyway, yeah. so it's, there's there's so much, yeah, you know, there's so much to this that. Yeah, I mean, know. just, you know, just last night, you know, we're celebrating 19 years today of marriage. Oh, and just last man. night, you know, I had a conversation with my wife where, uh, you know, I had, I had to risk telling her I was hurt by a comment she made. Mm. And um, it was a passing comment. And, but it took so much risk. And, and it, it honestly healed. Oh, you know, she said, Oh, and she was very gracious and kind and, and empathetic to mm. what I experienced. And it wasn't meant, she explained what she meant and it was, it was, it settled like it healed, yeah. you know, and it took, but it took, you know, even after 19 years, it took me, I think a couple hours just to even get up the courage to risk with her. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was a passing comment. So, mm. you know, again, to say it's, it's not like this, that the risk even goes away after 19 years of marriage and we've you know, yeah. been through our own counseling and walked the journey together. And um, there's just something this side of Eden that, that you know, we know uh, the battle that could be there. Yeah, that's so true. That's the, the battle's raging. The enemy is fierce and relentless. Uh, I like what you said earlier, he has limited resources, so he <clears throat> plans them. Well, I never heard that, but I think it's spot on. And but but he's constantly attacking us, and you and I both are <clears throat> in ministry settings where we're seeing the the downfall that we we're seeing the results of of a fallen world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the good news is we have some weapons of our warfare that yeah. can bring life to people and joy. And and uh, I, I know you're even doing that today to me, and you're you're mm-hmm. doing it to those who are listening to us today. Really, really do appreciate that, mm-hmm. and glad glad that uh, it's, it's you know that that people can have hope. You know, they don't have to get stuck in their history or stuck in their presenting problem. They, there is freedom available, and mm-hmm. you're making that mm-hmm. available. Mm-hmm. Anything? Any last thoughts on your mind? Anything? I don't. Maybe not, but uh, feel free to say mm-hmm. no. But if, if our time's running a little low, but I just, I didn't want to uh, I didn't want to leave you without any thought, kind of last comments. Maybe thinking about the person listening to yeah. us today. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, I like what you said there about about hope. Um, you know, I, I it's it's why I'm a Christian. You know, in the sense of like, uh, you know, the darkest of stories, you know, the hardest of stories, the most despairing of stories. And, you know, we have um, 
we have a God who resurrected from the dead. And so, mm. you know, as, as, um, just as a Christian, as a therapist, I want to say there's your story is never, ever beyond the scope of God's hope. Um, mm. And that can be uh, certainly not saying that it, it uh, you know, it's not a look on the bright side sort right. of message. You know, sometimes the only hope we can hold is to see the face of Jesus and say, you resurrected. Mm-hmm. Um, so be that same God here, right, mm-hmm. who raises the dead, right, because this yeah. feels dead. Um, so for all the dead places, you know, um, I, I faced a lot of um, just darkness and death and evil and, and walking with people, you know, and, and watch them face those same places in their own stories. Um, and I mean, that's what, why I want to do this till I'm 95 is you know, to see God show up along the way as people keep holding hope for mm. his presence. Um, that's, so. that's, that's very rich. Mm. There's something about that that I think anybody listening that feels these things are talking about the trauma, the woundedness. It's going to bring him that hope. That the, mm. I love how uh, what a great way to close the episode, uh, mm. talking about the resurrection of Christ, and that He resurrects our story too to life. Mm. Thanks, Sam. Really appreciate yeah. your heart. Appreciate your work you're doing with people's lives. And sounds like you have a wonderful family and great kids. And uh, and you live in an amazing place, Colorado Springs. <laughs> yes, uh, indeed. Angel, love it here. Yeah, yeah, it's a good place. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, Gary. It's been a fun it. conversation. And again, samjolman.com. I keep want to say .org because worldchallenges.org. And so I want to keep saying org, but uh, these some great resources there available. And uh, if you didn't catch the first episode of our time together, please follow, uh, check that one out as well. Thanks again, Sam. God bless, man. Thank you, Gary. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in World Challenge's mission. Thank you for listening and supporting World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ.